Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to History Hack. If you didn't know by now, we are the revolution. That means we're sharp, witty, lots of fun, but it also means that we're essentially the peasants in Les Mis huddled round a table in the corner of the bar with no money. If you enjoy the show, please do support us. We have a Patreon account by which you can donate a small monthly sum in appreciation of what you're hearing. Alternatively, we have Ko-fi in which you can just do a one-off donation as a thank you if you particularly enjoy a certain episode. Either way, we massively appreciate all of your support. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to today's History Hack. I am battling to contain my little ginger friend today. Chris is so excited. Um, I'm quite concerned for his well-being. Chris, why are you this excited? Because the person that we have on today has written the book that I wanted to write when I was a teenager but never got round to about one of my favourite people from history. We have indeed got Norman S. Poser, who is a professor emeritus at Brooklyn Law School and historian. And he's written several books, including The Birth of the Modern Theatre, Rivals, Riots and Romance in the Age of Garrick and Escape, a Jewish Scandinavian family in the Second World War. And he's here today to talk to us about his newest book, which is looking very shiny on my bookshelf, which is From Battlefield to the Stage, The Many Lives of General John Burgoyne. So, Norman, welcome to History Hack. How are you doing? I'm just fine. Thank you. You notice that he couldn't get the intro out of the way without bragging about already having a copy of the book as well. (laughs) I love it. Go on, Chris, just start. Just go for it. Uh, For the people that don't know, who was John Burgoyne and what was his early life like? He came from a, a military family. He was born in London, and he was sent to Westminster School when he was 10 years old. And he had, um, he spent, he was there for five years. Um, and that was an interesting part of his life because um, his teacher, the headmaster, man who was a Reverend Nickel, um, was a very unusual man. He he didn't believe in beating children when they had to be punished. Uh, what he believed is getting them to admit their their um, uh, wrongdoing, and um, he thought that the contempt of his of their of their of his classmates was much more effective in punishing than beating him with a stick. Uh, the interesting the reason I bring this up is that a number of years later, when Burgoyne was a colonel in the British Army and had occasion, he actually owned a regiment, he commanded a regiment. Uh, uh, he, I believe uh, uh, very strongly that uh, the teachings of uh, Reverend Nicol uh, were very influential in the way he treated his men. Unlike most uh, 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 senior officers, uh, in the army, they relied very largely on flogging. Uh, he didn't like that. He tra- he wanted to, Burgoyne wanted to treat his men uh, as uh, human beings, uh, and um, as a result, they were they were very loyal to him. And even after the uh, <clears throat> disaster 
uh, when he surrendered the army at Saratoga, there was never a word by his officers or his men said against him. They supported him even in defeat. Is he, does that make him exceptional in this period then? Is that uh, the other generals quite heartless or uh, does that make him stand out? Yes, it does. I, I think it does very much so. Uh, he he was unique in, in, in a way, in that sense. He's already earning Chris's uh, moniker as his childhood hero. So during the Seven Years' War, he had a really successful career fighting in Portugal and Spain, didn't he? Yes, he did. He uh, this was uh, he was uh, fighting. Uh, they, the, the, he he was the head of a group of uh, Mer- uh, British soldiers sent to Portugal uh, and to fight against the Spaniards who were. Uh, allies of the French, uh, and um, he was he, the, the 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 total commander was a a, a German count who happened to be the a grandson of King George the First of England, uh, and the the uh, very fine commander who uh, who um, uh, Burgoyne came to respect a great deal, um, uh, the the commander sent him, uh, he was, a, uh, and I might mention, Burgoyne was a cavalry officer, uh, and sent him to raid a town with it, which had supplies and was also uh, a army, uh, Spanish army center uh, called um, uh, Valencia Canta- de Alcantara. And uh, uh, he, uh, with a, with a, a bunch of infantrymen and cavalrymen uh, went to raid this town. Well, it took a while to get there. He had been misled about how how the time it would take. And so he then decided to uh, leave behind most of the infantrymen and do the raid in a, in a lightning strike. And he had some of the infantrymen sit, sit on the back of the horse with the cavalrymen. So they had two men on a horse. And they arrived at dawn at this town. They took the town. It was a it was a victory. It wasn't terribly important in the larger sense, but it made Burgoyne a hero. Absolutely. I mean, prior to the War of Independence, which we'll get to later, it could be argued that Valencia was his military masterpiece. I, I think so. Um, I I think in the long run, it may have been had a negative effect. And the re- the reason I say that is that uh i think that he always thought about he always thought about that great uh high point in his life and when he was a, a general in in america in many ways he acted like a colonel and what i mean is uh instead of standing being behind the lines and directing the whole fight he was in the center of things he was a very very brave man but it probably was not a good idea for him to um, be to be right in the middle of the of the fighting, uh, where he wasn't in a position to see the entire uh, battle and to direct the, his, his troops. During the Saratoga campaign, Fraser found out how that was a bad idea about being in the front line with American sharpshooters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, away from his military career he was also known for being an mp and he had a special interest in east india and with someone that i think i'd be fair in saying that is not on the history hack like list of uh robert clive that's right i might mention that i grew up in england and i remember learning about robert clive clive of india he was a, a great uh 
builder of the British Empire, won the great battle at Plassey. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't learn was that he was entirely corrupt uh, and, uh, financially. And he took ex huge bribes or extortions from the uh, native rulers uh, and uh, took the, took it home and became a, a, a very, very wealthy man. Now, uh, Burgoyne had a reforming streak in him, and uh, he attempted to, um, he formed a, an investigative committee in Parliament uh, to, uh, to uh, find out exactly what had happened and to uh, to censure uh, Clive. Uh, he was not supported either by the government or by the majority uh, in the uh, in the House of Commons. Uh, uh, it was, I think, it's difficult to uh, attack somebody who's a national hero, which he was. Okay, let's get to the good bit of the story, the meaty bit of the story that Chris gets very excited about. He's one of three big generals sent to the American colonies. So what were his first experiences there before he was actually assigned a command? Within a matter of uh, two years, he visited uh, North America three different times. Uh, and the first time was when the uh, British Army under General Gage was... Um, uh, really isolated in Boston, and he went to Boston. Their only uh, their only escape was by sea because they controlled the they controlled the sea, um, uh, and he 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 was very frustrated uh, in the fact he did not have a command. Uh, he said that uh, uh, his job was to see whether the soldiers' kettles were 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 boiling or something like that. Uh, at any rate. Uh, uh, he uh, the, the interesting and the important thing he did on that on that uh, uh, stay in uh, assignment, I should say, in Boston, was that he was present at the Battle of Bunker Hill. The B Battle of Bunker Hill was one where the British tried to give what uh, what Burgoyne called more some elbow room uh, and attacked the. Uh, uh, British there, uh, excuse me, attacked the Americans there. Uh, and uh, he was assigned to uh, control the artillery. And uh, the only thing he he uh, he did was he was uh, General Howe, who had who was in charge of the attack on Bent Bunker Hill, told uh, ordered uh, Burgoyne to fire on a neighboring town of Charlestown. Uh, which was uh, which was where sharpshooters were uh, attack were uh, fighting it was were firing on the Americans. He did that and set the town on fire. Other than that, he was really a spectator and wrote a very interesting letter describing the the uh, battle to his to his uh, nephew. Um, but it was uh, it taught him and how that the uh, Americans were not just a rabble in arms. They were highly motivated and quite skillful. And while the, the victory, it was a victory for the British in a sense, they, they captured the hill. They, it was at the cost of um, very, very high casualties. Can't remember who it was that said it. I have a feeling it was Hal, but it was, we have three more victories like that, we'll lose the war. It's a Pyrrhic, a Pyrrhic victory here. Yeah. Absolutely. He's always going to be linked to the Saratoga campaign. What was the 1777 Saratoga campaign and what was the campaign's aims? 
Well, uh, the aim was for him to, uh, Burgoyne to take an army from Canada uh, into the uh, North American colonies, uh, into New York State, actually, uh, and to join um, Howe. Howe had uh, a year earlier, and this, this was in 1777, a year earlier, Howe had captured New York. And so he, uh, Howe was to come north up the Hudson, uh, destroy the American forts along the Hudson, uh, and meet Burgoyne in Albany. Uh, what they would do after Albany wasn't really clear. It wasn't in the it wasn't in the report that the um, uh, yeah, well, the report that Burgoyne created uh, the plans to. Uh, is presumably uh, it would be to lure uh, Washington, General Washington uh, uh, and uh, um, uh, get, get him to commit himself to a battle which the British thought they would win and end the war in 1777. But it didn't work out that way. You do get the, I always get the pronunciation wrong, the siege of Fort Ticonderoga, which went really quite well. That was quite a spectacular one for the for the British. It was. Uh, in fact, the, the Americans really gave up. They didn't even fight uh, to uh, to um, uh, uh, to keep Fort Ticonderoga. It was a it was a a very great victory, though. And it may have it may have influenced Howe in thinking that Burgoyne could very easily take a reach Albany by himself. And he didn't need to help him. We don't know that for sure. So how does this campaign transpire then? Well, how does it play out? Well, it it it, it what was supposed to be a uh, a uh, fast campaign. Uh, the men were told not to take winter clothes with them. This this was in June, uh, and it would be all be over very soon. Uh, as it worked, as it worked out, it was not at all that it was. It, uh, Burgoyne took with him uh, artillery, which he felt was necessary, uh, and um, that in, that involved uh, horses and wagon uh, uh, and so on. And uh, it was they had to go through the wilderness, uh, and the Americans under. Uh, General Philip Schuyler, the uh, father-in-law of our Alexander Hamilton, uh, did everything they could to uh, prevent his uh, to uh, to obstruct him. They cut down trees along the the trails that that they were taking. So it was a very slow campaign. The supplies and the artillery took a long time to get there. It they were delayed on the east bank of the Hudson at Fort Edward for six weeks while the Americans gathered strength around them. So uh, it, as it, as it uh, actually played out, it was a, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a trudge and it went very, very slowly. Um, and the other problem was that within Two weeks after they set out from Canada, 
they didn't have enough supplies. They didn't have oats for the horses. Uh, they didn't have uh, they didn't have food and ammunition. Uh, and uh, I think that Burgoyne believed he was told that there were loyalists in the area and they would provide help for him and supplies. Uh, they, uh, they they were loyalists, but the Americans really intimidated them in in various ways. And uh, so there was really very little loyalist help that he received. Uh, so he was he was sitting there. This, by this time, we were in August of of the of seventeen seventy seven, and he decided to. He heard that in Bennington, Vermont, which is was not too far away, uh, east of the Hudson, uh, there was there was there was supplies and horses of the uh, by the Americans, and he allowed a very large contingent led by the the german members of the of the uh, army uh, un, uh under a german a german colonel to go and raid bennington and that turned out to be a terrible disaster for the british uh they the germans moved very very slowly and there was no surprise they had they didn't have the element of surprise and they were decimated uh, he then sent out uh, Burgoyne then sent out, sent out a rescue group, and they likewise were were defeated. So the Bennington thing. This was the first uh, big battle of the of the campaign, uh, and it was a disaster. Do you think that the American loyalists were also put off for joining up with Burgoyne after the murder of Jane McCrae? Because Burgoyne had real trouble handling that from memory between his yeah. native scouts and the local populace. Yes, it certainly did, and it was a <clears throat> it was a, a a public relations disaster, if I might say so. That, that uh, uh, and the the whole the, the whole I, idea of enlisting the North American tribes, uh, uh, the Native American tribes, to um, uh, assist the uh, to be allies uh, was a, a, a very very difficult issue because i mean uh uh burgoyne had a meeting with the with the native americans and uh with the tribes and he told them that they they should not scout people they should treat they should treat women and old people uh uh civilly uh and it was uh, it was it was uh uh Edmund Burke, who was a friend and ally of, of of Burgoyne back in London, he got up in Parliament and made fun of Burgoyne. Said, "Well, it's as if they they decided to open up the menageries and uh, uh, but tell the animals not to kill anyone." Uh, <laughs> so even Lord North laughed about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, uh, the so this uh, he it was a great problem. I mean, he he uh, he wanted to he wanted the uh, tribes to hand over uh, the killer of Jane McRae, uh and uh, who's a young a young woman engaged to an, uh, a 
to a uh, British loyalist who was with the Burgoyne uh, expedition, um, but um, uh, he was told that if he did, if they, if if he did court-martial or, uh, or or execute uh, the killer, uh, the the natives would would revolt. They'd go home. And and murdering on their uh, on their way uh, to, to some of the settlements, so it was a disaster. And if he hadn't used the uh, the uh, the Native Americans, uh, probably the Americans would have used them. So he it was a it was a no win situation. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Absolutely. But talking of disasters, I suppose I should bite the bullet and ask the question. 7th of October, 1777, John Burgoyne has to surrender at Saratoga to Horatio Gates. And the campaign has a massive effect on the war in general. It lets the French in. But how much responsibility should Burgoyne as the commander shoulder for himself? And how much was out of his control? Well, that's uh, that's the a uh, debate which has been going on until from then to the present time i think um i can i could only say that there's there was enough to go around um burgoyne burgoyne's running of the campaign as i mentioned was faulty maybe largely because of the um lack of logistics of Getting, making sure everybody got fed and that they had an ammunition and so on. Uh, this whole system was was uh, was at fault in in that sense. There was no central commissary. It was it was everything. He when he got to uh, to Canada in order to lead the army into uh, the colonies, uh, he found very little had been done, and he had to then try to get uh, wagons and uh, food supplies, fodder for the horses, and so on. Uh, and uh, it, that he did not. He, he, and so that wasn't entirely his fault. 
but he led the he led an expedition that in a sense was almost doomed from the very beginning um and then the other thing was how he his um which i've mentioned before uh, he didn't he didn't really run the army as a general he ran it as sort of like a like a colonel as he had in portugal um but the how is a lot to blame how knew that what the what the uh what the plans were but he decided to he actually acted as if Burgoyne wasn't even on the continent with him uh and he got permission from lord germain uh the minister of the colonies in london uh to take his army and take philadelphia which was the capital at the time of the colonists but uh it really had no strategic value and the, he then made it even worse by deciding to take his army by ship instead of by land uh the his brother richard howe admiral lord richard howe uh was in charge of the of the british fleet off uh there so that he, he arranged for them to do that he did take philadelphia but meanwhile the two armies the only made two major armies uh in america uh were out of touch with each other uh and it, worse than that uh there was nothing between nothing between uh 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 no no real forces between the americans uh, around new jersey and philadelphia uh and pennsylvania uh and burgoyne so he had to face the entire american forces under horatio gates uh by himself uh when the surrender happened he had about 3500 men out of 7500 had started the campaign and he was surrounded by at least 14000 so he was hugely outnumbered uh the other person who bears some share of the blame is is George, lord george germain who the minister of the, the colonies who allowed this to happen he gave he gave uh how permission to go south instead of meeting I mean the king himself had had said it it's essential that they that yes they meet they should meet in Albany uh and at least the american the excuse me the british forces would be uh, unified and maybe they could then uh together attack uh, uh new england which was the the uh, real center of the american uh, uh rebellion and uh and maybe win the war but uh i i think that's it's a possibility nobody will ever know but he was he was also uh he was also um uh, uh blame blameworthy personally might raj and i know it probably doesn't stand up well in history but sir henry clinton could have done a lot more i mean he he hangs cornwallis out to dry at yorktown as well so if he he actually point blank refused to march to Burgoyne and then sent a few troops some of the way and then just went nah it's no problem turn back we'll head back to new york and i just clinton bothers me <laughs> well he didn't have he didn't have very much he very strong forces with him because howard taken most of the army with him to philadelphia um i'll tell you one 
little incident about about that, which is in which is in the book. Um, uh, while this was going on, and and Burgoyne uh, up there, uh, it's near around Saratoga, uh, was communicating by messenger with uh, Clinton. Uh, he sent a, a messenger down uh, uh, in it with a uh, message. I believe it was in a inside a bullet cartridge, and the uh, ask telling him that they were in deep trouble and they were running out of food uh, and they should make haste. Um, the, the messenger thought that the that the forces had already had the, that the british under clinton had come had started moving up and so he went to one of the forts there and asked for general clinton and they took him to general clinton but it was a different clinton uh, it, it was a general i think his name i'm not sure it's in the book but george clinton maybe some I, and when he discovered it he swallowed this uh, message the bullet with a message and they they gave him an, a medic and got it got it up and 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 he was then shot as a as a spy. Oh no! Because <laughs> he didn't know there were two Clintons. Oh, it's like the uh, the John Andre scandal, where it's like, ah, you soldiers, take me to your to the nearest British commander. I'm a British officer. We're we're Americans, and uh, <laughs> you're under arrest. Oh damn it! <laughs> okay. Moving away from war, because there are other facets to Burgoyne, aren't there? Oh, he wrote yes. several plays, including The Heiress, didn't he? So how was his career in the theatre? It seems to be a complete role reversal to go from soldier to playwright. Well, well, I, I, I don't quite see it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been, inter- he, first of all, he wrote the first play, The Maid of the Oaks, uh, for a wedding uh celebration uh of the uh the young um I, I don't think he was yet the earl of derby but he was he's he was the heir to the earl of derby that that was done long before uh, well three years before uh the saratoga campaign uh but all his life he had written Poetry. He was very. He, he, he. This was something that didn't just start later on. He uh, and he wrote some very nice poetry. Some of it very kind of a uh, little bit erotic. I like to. If I could, I read you just one little line, a couple of lines of of a poem. Yes. Yeah. This this poem was written to a woman named Mary Robinson, who was a very beautiful actress, uh, and. Uh, this is what he wrote. When on thy lovely, perfect face, the sportive, dimpled smile we see, with eager hope the cause we trace and wish to share each bliss with thee. Oh, who can gaze upon that lip, that coral lip of brightest hue, nor wish nor wish the honeyed balm to sip more fresh, more sweet than morning dew? Well, that's some. It's a nice poem. I mean, it, it's not Shakespeare, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, he was quite talented. And uh, I read all of his plays, and I, I was quite surprised about how good they were. Um, the and also they they weren't just fun either. Um, as I said, I think I said this earlier. 
that he had a reforming streak in him. Now, in the first play, The Maid of the Oaks, there's a, um, a, a woman, a character, uh, who expresses uh, very strong thoughts about women's rights and women and 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 women's independence um and uh it's it it's right in the middle of a very a very pleasant romance play uh but she's quite an interesting character uh i think the um the um uh in in my book there's a portrait of her of the actress uh, playing that role uh, the actress's name is Frances Abington, and she's playing uh, the uh, Lady Bab Lardoon in that play, and she's the one who expresses uh, this. In another play in the, called The Lord of the Manor, uh, 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 Burgoyne, or a character, is a army recruiting officer, and uh, and he t- he explains some of the uh, devious and nasty methods of army recruiting that was going on at that time. His best play, uh, with the greatest success, was a play called The Heiress, and that was successful and was been translated into other languages, shown in other cities in Europe. Uh, And um, uh, it's a... he, He... it was, it was a social satire, but he knew this, he personally, he knew the social, uh, scene, uh, in, in England of the, uh, upper class people. And, um, it, it's a, it's a very nice play. Uh, and, uh, I, 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 I uh, used uh, a, a few, a few lines out of it that I thought were quite funny. He was against uh, he, he was against um, uh, uh, social climbers, and, and then he they didn't get very they they were and, and that's what they they are in in this play. Uh, so I you know he uh, after he got back from um, Saratoga after he got back from America in seventeen seventy eight uh, he really committed himself to that and. Uh, was very, very much involved with the theater. And then he met an actress uh, who he lived with, or was his mistress for the remainder of his life, and they had four children. We've talked about him as a soldier, a politician, and a playwright, and you just mentioned his mistress. What was his personal life like, away from all his other endeavors? Well, you know, he was, although he... Um, even when he was married, it seems that he had affairs with women. Um, but um, he was extraordinarily discreet. I, you, the reason I say this, I wouldn't say it unless he said it himself in, in his will and in a personal uh, a mem- a memorandum he wrote it uh, a few years, several years before he died. Uh, and he mentions this, uh, so it, it seems clear that he did, but it seems not to have interfered with his marriage, uh, and he kept it very quiet because uh, there's no no scandal attached to him that anyone has ever pointed to.
unlike Hal, whose um, mistress came with him to Philadelphia, and it was a big scandal. In the... Oh yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they people said that that's why he went to Philadelphia was to to spend and have a a nice winter uh, with his mistress. Uh, 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 I I think that's not fair. I mean, I think that he 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 thought it was a good idea to go to Philadelphia. But the trouble with Howe was, or one of the troubles with Howe was that he saw victory in taking territory, not instead of. Uh, destroying the enemy's army uh and so he won a lot of battles but but lost the war he, there were very few battles he lost didn't do any good yeah. okay this is the big question for someone who has i mean like I, i've written a biography of someone during a war uh, and you have to literally live inside their head for quite a long time you've been inside his head what do you think the legacy of sir john burgoyne is well you know I can't do better than George Bernard Shaw. And in George Bernard Shaw's play, The Devil's Disciple, uh, which is a very nice, interesting play, uh, on the third act, um, you have Burgoyne there. And it's not exactly, I think it's a little bit, uh, doesn't give all of the, the, um, characteristics of Burgoyne but it, it's a it's a it's a it usually steals the show it's a, it's such a good part um but he called he said he he named oh excuse me he gave the nickname to Burgoyne of Gentleman Johnny and that's his legacy I think that he was uh I mean he was a uh you can go into all of his his um characteristics uh a general who everybody wants to he, wants to know about him i mean he was his, many biographies have been written none none for the last 40 years but uh he's been more written about than the generals uh who won battle after battle such as marlborough and wellington uh he, everybody he he's very appealing and I think that it's because he was a gentleman, he was a decent man, he was a humane man, uh, he was a loyal man. When it, when he was in, um, uh, when after Saratoga, he was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with the captive army, uh, waiting. They hoped to go be re, to be uh, sent back to Britain. Um, uh, a, uh, a an American colonel actually physically abused by with his bayonet uh, a soldier and Burgoyne uh, asked the, the commander there the general uh, the American general uh, to if, that that this man be court-martialed for and the general agreed and and Burgoyne said, well, I'm not going to leave this to any of my subordinates to prosecute this man. I'm going to do it myself. And he did. I've read the transcript of this court-martial, and he made a good lawyer. With, uh, he, he lost because, because how could he win with a court-martial composed entirely of American uh, officers? Uh, but, but yes, he, 
he um, he he had all these fine qualities. Other, in addition to his physical bravery, uh, he he had so many good qualities. Uh, and I think it's it's that that uh, uh, that made him made him live even today. Uh, uh, those we. Because those are the qualities we always, everybody has always respected: loyalty, honesty, decency, uh, and that's all encapsulated, I think, by the that nickname that uh, Shaw gave him. A lot of some of my predecessor bi- biographers have uh, Burgoyne's men calling him Gentleman Johnny, which shows they <laughs> it's wrong. It, 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 it was it was invented by George Bernard Shaw a hundred years after after uh, uh, Burgoyne died. Wow. Norman, this has been fantastic. Like I said, this is the book I wanted to write when I was like 18 years old. So I'm <laughs> really making the effort and it's a fantastic book. Would you mind uh, just reminding everyone what the title is and when it's available? Okay, the, the title is uh, From the Battlefield to the Stage, The Many Lives of General John Burgoyne. And the book I believe is uh, being uh, coming out on February fourth, which is the three hundredth anniversary of Burgoyne's birth. We'll get it into the History Hack online bookshop, and Great. so you, you get a slightly bigger chunk of money. We get a slight, tiny slice of money, <laughs> and uh, there'll be no rockets for Amazon next year. <laughs> Thank you. Our incredible guests give us forty-five minutes of their time to join us and talk about their work or their new book. This is just a small taster. As a result. We have launched our very own bookshop on bookshop.org, where you can find our guests' latest books. You can support them, and you can support us on History Hack. 10% of every sale via our bookshop supports the podcast and allows us to keep going and bring you more top-of-the-line guests. You can find our bookshop at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash history hack, or search for us in the shop section. Thank you so much for your continued support. We really appreciate our listeners and supporters. So make sure you get down to the bookshop and grab yourselves a new book. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 